raise our hands to heaven one more time, church. Jesus, we thank you that you re- you've released the Holy Spirit in this place. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're moving in our lives, you're moving in our hearts, in our minds, bringing us clarity, conviction, new dreams, new purpose. God, we thank you that this service isn't just a, a fill the gap for next year. But Holy Spirit, you're going to speak. You're going to give direction. You're going to bring clarity for the weeks to come. We, Holy Spirit, believe that you're going to touch us. We pray for all of those watching online, whether in isolation because of COVID or whatever other things, God. We believe that we're going to see a breakthrough in their situation, that we can see them in the house of God again. But we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that these moments right now are holy and are anointed to hear from you, to hear from heaven. Amen. 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 Thank you, music team. Great job. Why don't you grab a seat? Grab a seat. So if you've never met me before, my name is Josh. I have the uh, privilege of running the youth ministry here at One Heart Church. It's great to have Pastor Rob uh, listening to me. It's always a, a, a level up of uh, having to be better because the boss is in, in the place. But it's good to see you, Pastor Rob, um, and all the rest of you. But he, here we go. You can't be a Christian your whole life. If you missed that, you cannot be a Christian your whole life. I wonder if you're taking notes, that's going to be the title today, but you cannot be a Christian your whole life. And Jesus made people understand that by the time we finish this, amen. John chapter 3, John chapter 3, so you've got a Bible, go to John, the book of John, we're going to look at a few different chapters there to start off with and see what that has to say about you can't be a Christian your whole life. So John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, there's a dude named Nicodemus. And I don't know why, but Nicodemus is one of my favorite Bible characters. There's just something about him that the, the truth of the scripture gets revealed to my life. But so John chapter 3, it says there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are an evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, Nicodemus explained, uh, explained Nicodemus. Exclaimed Nicodemus, I should say. How can an old man go back into the mother's womb and be born again? Thank you, Shell. Next slide for us. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Then in John chapter 1, which we'll put up in a second here, it's interesting, John, we read John chapter 1, says in the beginning, like John is sort of doing a Genesis account of Jesus. That says Jesus was, was, was at the beginning. He spoke with God, and that's when creation happened. Jesus was there. Then it says Jesus became flesh and f- uh, in this world that we live in. And then verses 12 to 13 says, But all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You can't be a Christian your whole life. If you've grown up in church, wow, fantastic. You've won the spiritual lottery. Honestly, if you've grown up in church, you are favored and blessed. 
but it doesn't mean you're a Christian. You can quote scripture. You can quote a lot of Bible verses in the Bible. Fantastic. So did Satan. Doesn't mean you're a Christian. And so we got to be born again. At Christmas, we, I think it's half the Herald Angels sing. We sang it just a few days ago at the Christmas Eve service. Born to give a second birth. What does that mean? Jesus is saying that we got to have a born again experience. Jesus was born on earth, yes, to save us from our sins, but that we would be born again, that we would have the second birth. And so you can't be a Christian your whole life because we've got to be born again. Being born again is the start of our Christian journey. And that we've got to understand that and come into agreement with that. Hebrews chapter 11 says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. And that is how we get born again. It's a faith thing. It's not, I lost some argument with an, um, an argument with a Christian and now I have to believe in Christianity. That's not it at all. We've got to have a faith revelation where we get born again. At youth, some of the youth would remember this. I did a message earlier on in the year about God is not my granddad. God is not my granddad. God is my father because I'm a child of God. And so whether you, you may have a parent or a great-grandparent, doesn't matter how many generations ago that may be children of God, but so are you. you I, so I'm not a, God's not my granddad because my parents are children of God. No, no, I'm a child of God because I've been born again through faith. Just because my parents are Christians and born again doesn't mean I am. I've got to have my own born again experience. And so we've celebrated Christmas and we've celebrated the birth of Jesus where he came and was born amongst animals, laid in a manger, laid in an animal's feeding trough, beautiful, beautiful place for king of kings. But he was born in humility. But and in, in the same way, we got to have a born again. Jesus had a literal physical birth. We've had literal, literal physical births, but we got to have a born again experience. And so... Talking about babies, I don't know if there's any babies in here this morning somewhere, but babies are not adults. Do I have an agreement in this? A baby is not an adult. And there's some main characteristics or traits of babies that I think are in the natural and in the physical world that have links to this spiritual born-again experience. And so we're going to unpack them today and see how what we can learn from a baby to help us with our born-again spiritual experience. So uh, number one. Walk. I have never seen a baby walk, right? I've never seen it. Babies can't walk. Babies need to learn to walk, and a born-again believer needs to learn how to walk by faith. And so um, we got to, when we get born again, we've got to learn how to take steps of faith. Um, when we see babies, they, the first thing they do is they start to crawl if they can. They, that's their first thing. And can I tell you, a baby's destiny as an, when they grow up to be an adult is not to crawl. A baby was not born to crawl. A baby was, was, was birthed to grow up and run. And as a church, we are not called to be Christians that crawl. Our, our, your destiny isn't to go, well, I'm just, a, I'm just a Christian that just crawls along in life. No, 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 no. We're called to mature and grow and run. But that we've got to learn how to take steps of faith that we go from crawling to going, you know what, God's moving, God's speaking, and I'm going to be obedient to his voice and learn how to run. And I believe that's for all of us in this place. It's time for us to take steps of faith and go into our destiny and not be this baby crawling Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, I believe will be on the screen. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Psalms 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet 
and a light to my path. So, so interesting. Um, there's so many things in life where we can go, we, we make these decisions based on sight. What, what's comfortable? What's convenient? Well, my friends are in that class, so I'll, I'll, I'll do that class because my friends are in it. Or we go, um, the, my family lives there, so that's easy. I'll, I'll live there because that's where my family is. Or we'll, we'll go, um, I'll get that job because it pays more money. Doesn't mean any of those things are bad, but that is living by sight, not by faith. And we want to walk by faith. But the crazy thing is the Bible says it is the lamp to my feet and the guide to my path. So this helps us understand where our faith comes from. This guides our feet. So we go, what is going on? I don't know what to do. But we go, we read the Bible, God speak to me. And he starts revealing the path for our feet to take, right? Matthew 14, very awesome piece of the Bible. Um, this is another thing. I don't believe this is just fairy tales. I don't believe it's a story. I believe this was literal, real. It's, it, it's, not, it's not poetic. It's a book of history. And in Matthew 14, a dude called Peter walks on water. You could call it wow. Walk on water, right? And it's, it's a crazy thing. In life, we can be in storms. So many storms that can be coming across. The disciples were in a literal storm. And so, another thing, they're in a boat. So the boat's rocking. There's waves. It's, I don't know if you've ever been seasick because you've been in a rough water. It is a horrible feeling. Um, and I remember this one time I was on a ferry coming back from KI and I just held onto the table. And it was just, it was the most horrible feeling. And so I can relate to where Peter is in this boat. Him and the disciples are in this boat. The, there's water hitting him. Uh, there's the waves. It's the wind. It's a horrible situation. And they're in this storm. And then in all the craziness of the storm, there's a dude walking on the water towards him. And it's like, what is going on? And then Peter has some great ups and some great downs. This is one of Peter's ups. He goes, Jesus, if that's you, call me to come. And then Jesus says, all right, Peter, come. And then so Peter takes a step of faith and starts walking on the water. And so there's some interesting things that we can learn here about taking steps of faith that in the storms of life, and I believe it for the good times, but and in the hard times, Jesus is there. And we've got to ask ourselves that when we're in the good times and when we're in the bad times, where are you, Jesus? And if you're there, Jesus, call me out. And we as a church, we don't want to live a life just going, well, I woke up, went to work, repeat, repeat. We want to go, Jesus, where are you in this situation? And call me out to you. And that's how we've got to live our lives. It's not just going, well, I'm walking by sight. Well, what's a better paying job? Where are my mates at? Those things aren't bad, but go, where are you right now? Jesus, where are you? And call me out. And we want to live a life where we live by faith, not by sight. And I think we can learn a lesson there from Peter, that when it's in the tough times as well, where are you, Jesus? Call me out. And then we take that step of faith. It's, it's living a life where we don't just go, well, what's convenient, what's easy? It's when we find Jesus and ask Jesus to call us out. And the Bible helps us with that. I think for my own life, when I, if we're talking about living by sight, I want to do Bible college, I want to be in ministry, and I remember going, all right, um, a church invited me to go to Adelaide where I could do Bible college, and I, they'd say, yep, we want, to be, we want to mentor you, and I'm like, fantastic, the doors are opening up, hallelujah, praise Jesus. And, but that was in sight. I used the Bible and, and it clearly spoke to me, no, Josh, that is not your assignment. Port Lincoln is your assignment. And it hit me and I'm like, and then 
the miracles started happening because literally the next Sunday, Pastor Kylie at the time was running our kids' ministry, and she goes, hey, we're looking at doing Bible college. Do you want to do some Bible college, Josh? And I was like, all these miracles took place because I decided to walk by faith and not by sight, and the miracles started to flow. And can I tell you, God wants to do the same thing in your life. He wants to talk to you. Don't just go what's easy, convenient. Those things aren't always bad. Sometimes that is the will of God. But let's not just go, well, we just live life walking by sight and never by faith. It's time to take the next level. And so an easy first step for you. Now, I'm, understand, I am un, I'm not employed by One Heart Church. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. I'm doing this fully voluntary. The best first step you can take by walking by faith is learning how to tithe. Tithing doesn't get you into heaven. I, I like the Ten Commandments. I think those things are awesome. But we're not born again by those things. We're born again through faith. And tithing is a faith thing. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust God to look after you with your 90% rather than your 100%? I have much more faith in 90% when I give God 10 than I have holding 100 to my own self. And so if you want to start learning how to walk by faith, a first step is going, you know what, I believe the blessings of God. I'm going to tithe. And then when you start doing those things, God will, you'll get more clarity in how to hear his voice to be able to move further and further along with Jesus by taking steps of faith. So, and then just another one for you, Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. It's an interesting scripture, but I want to just encourage you with this. It says that wherever you set your foot, you'll be on land I have given you. And I want to encourage you, you know what, you've got to take that to the bank. When you start taking scary steps of faith, God, you're with me in this step. God, your Bible spoke to me, you're with me through this step. And if it, God promised that to Joshua, and he promises that to us. Where you place your feet, the kingdom of God is there. Where you place your feet, if you're, whole, if you're born again, you're spirit-filled, God is with you, and it's time for us to take a hold of that and go, God, you're with me, you're in this step, and we're going to stay strong to it. Point number two, talk. I've never heard a baby talk. I've never heard the baby talk. And when we get born again, just like a baby learns to speak, we've got to learn how to speak with faith. And so babies um, common, they start a language, mum, 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 dad, 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 mine, no, right? These are the, that's a common sort of vocabulary that a baby learns to speak with, right? But in the same way, we've got to start to grow our vocabulary spiritually and grow in faith. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. But can I tell you, we've got to understand that faith changes how we speak. Our, our, our vocabulary is so important. In the book of Luke chapter 1, there's a guy called Zechariah. There's lots of Zacharias in the Bible. But the one in Luke chapter 1, it's, um, I think in Proverbs it says, we may roll the dice, but God will determine how they fall. And so when we look at all the Old Testament and all the laws, there's all these, for the Pharisees, there's all these crazy things that they had to do to be able to serve in the temple. And so one thing would be is people would draw sacred lots to decide who would serve in se separate areas and all this. And so by chance, so Zachariah thought, he, he picked the sacred lot, but he rolled the dice and such, and God determined how it fell, that he was the one to serve in the sanctuary. And so he's doing all these purification ceremonies, and then this angel out of nowhere turns up. And so a bit of backstory from Zachariah, him and his wife were elderly, nothing new in scripture to this, he was elderly, couldn't have a child, yet this angel says, you know what, Zachariah, you're going to have a kid. And so then, sadly for Zachariah, he had no faith in his tongue 
And so he was muted until the miracle happened. He was literally silenced until the, the, the promise of this angel took place to be able to speak again. But can I tell you, we don't want to be a Zachariah church. We don't want to be muted in what we can say. We want to be able to have a tongue of faith that doesn't just speak death. Because that was the issue. The angel or God silenced his tongue. Because he said, no, Zachariah, we're not going to have you speak death over this promise. But we want to be people that we speak life over the promises of God. We want to be people that speak uh, the, the principles and the things of heaven in our circumstances, over our families, and all over those areas. And so, so often we can hear in church people talking depression, anxiety, they're cynical, judgmental, whinging, whining, greedy, envy. All these things, we can have it on a daily basis. I wake up and I'm like, man, that thought is not from heaven. That thought is so carnal and wrong. But we've got we to say, get a revelation. And you know what? If I'm being born again, it's time that my language starts to reflect the kingdom of heaven, not just my own thing. I remember one time at work, I've shared this before, about um, I served a customer and they asked, well, how was your day? Not too bad. And uh, the conviction of heaven hit me going, what am I talking about? My life's not too bad. Like, am I measuring my life on the bad scale? Oh, yeah, today was tragically bad. Oh, today was horribly bad. Not too bad. Well, if my life is good, say, my life is good. My life is blessed. I am healthy. I don't have COVID. I, I, I'm not in isolation. Whatever the thing is, I want my language to reflect the goodness of God in my life. And we want to do the same thing. Another awesome one, Psalms 122 verse 1. This is an application for us. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Can I tell you, church, let's not be a place where it's like, hey, Pastor Rob, do you want to come to church? Nah. What, you want me to come to another service? What, you want to make me serve? No, no, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Man, over these last few years, it's been crazy. The government's saying you can't go to church, you can't sing, all these other things. But you know what? I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house. This is a privilege. This is an honor. This is not a right. And we, I want to have a language that reflects the, my heart's response. There's no inconvenience, but God is so good. James chapter 3, this is a scary one as well. Uh, I think it's James 3, 8. No man can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, full of deadly poison. But can I tell you, we might not be able to tame our tongue, but the Holy Spirit can. And I believe when you get born again, when you get spirit-filled, you can actually get a heavenly language. That's a, it's, it's heavenly encrypted. We may not know what we're saying, but the Holy Spirit is helping our tongue speak with power, speak with life that can change things in a real positive way. And so it says, like, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you are speaking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You are speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and verse 4. But can I tell you, we may not be able to contain this thing, but the Holy Spirit can. And when we use that language, I really believe the power of God can help us speak with life. And that's a part of growing up, moving from being a baby to going, no, I'm a mature in, the, the, in God. Point number three, fork. Babies need to learn how to use a fork. I've never seen a young baby given a fork and go, yep, play with this. No, that comes with maturity. And so they got to learn, we got to learn how to use our spiritual fork and feed ourselves. When we get born again, we've got to learn how to use a spiritual fork and feed ourselves. And so we see babies being fed and it's like, open up. Ah, and then the airplane, here it comes. Good boy, Joshy. Like, you know, we see those things, our baby 
doesn't know how to feed itself. But as it gets into maturity, it can use a fork and feed itself. And so in the book of John chapter 10, it, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd and we as people are the sheep. And one of my favorite verses in, in that chapter 10 is verse 4. It says, after he had gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, so being Jesus, and they follow him because they know his voice. Church, do we know the voice of Jesus? We've got to ask ourselves, do I know the voice of Jesus? Feeding yourself is knowing the voice of Jesus. What is, what, when people talk about church, you've got to learn how to feed yourself spiritually. What does that mean? Do you know the voice of Jesus? That is the, the way we've got to go, understand. Jesus, what is your voice? What does that sound like? Because that's how we feed ourselves. And when we learn how to feed ourselves spiritually, that's when we learn how to talk by faith and how we learn how to walk by faith. And there's many different ways we can learn how to feed ourselves. And so, can I tell you, I can watch preaching on YouTube. I can listen to podcasts. I can come to church. Fantastic. That's great. When I'm a baby, it's good to be fed. But I've got to get to a stage in my life where I learn what the Word of God says for myself and learn how to feed myself. We've we got, we got to get into this book and go, God, Jesus, I want to hear your voice for myself. I don't want to hear it from Pastor Rob or from Joel or from Pastor Josh. I want to hear it for myself because you can speak to me. And I believe God wants to speak to you in a personal, real way. He's, he really does. He wants to speak to us. And so... Maturity comes from when we learn how to read the Bible for ourselves. And I can, can I tell you, God is so personal. It's not this big elusive thing for the community. No, God's got something for you, for your situation, for your circumstances. And we've got to get a hold of that. Um, the, and so different ways that we can learn how to feed ourselves. Clearly, the Bible is a great start. Fasting, when we, it doesn't make sense in the natural. We starve ourselves, but it's a way that God speaks to us spiritually. It, it, it awakens different desires and different things. Fasting is a great way to hear from God. Worship and prayer are awesome ways where we can hear from God and learn to hear Jesus' voice. Uh, there's so many times where I've been in worship, my hands are raised, and God just starts depositing things. So where'd that come from? But I've, I've learned to be receptive in worship and go, God, you're so good. And when I do that, something changes on my internal in the spirit man where things of heaven start to be revealed. Things of heaven go, I take my mind off everything in earth and go, God, you're good, your goodness, your and God just starts depositing things in my spirit. And we worship so important for that because it goes, we, we, we're lifting our eyes off of this and go, God, we're putting our eyes to him. And his voice starts to be made clear in our circumstance. And and people can call that a spiritual check. There's a check in the spirit. There's an awakening, desires change, there's an intensity, there's purpose, there's passion. And there are ways that we can know that the Holy Spirit and Jesus is speaking to us in those ways. And can I tell you, babies chase prophecies. A spiritual baby will chase a prophecy. What's the prophet got for me today? What is a, I want the prophet to tell me I'm going to be a worship leader that, that releases albums and writes songs. Well, fantastic if he does. But a mature person doesn't chase a prophet. The prophet chases them. Because when you're in the Bible for yourself, and as, I, as I'm saying, I... I, there's things in my life where I've been reading the Bible, I've been in prayer, I've been in worship, I've been fasting. God's revealing stuff to me. Then I'm in church, I'm like, don't prophesy over me. Don't prophesy over me. Don't, Josh. And they're hitting the nail on the head of what God's already spoken to me about. And can I tell you, that's what a prophet should be doing. It should be revealing to you what you're already getting from a scripture, what you're already getting in prayer, what you're already getting in worship, all of those things, or what you get in fasting. And it should be a revel, uh, uh, like a nail the last nail, the last hammer on the nail saying, you know what, 
confirmation book. Not, oh, the prophet said this. Now what am I going to do? No, live a life where we hear God's voice that the prophet is just finishing the job. And so a quick application. Where do I start? How do I read the Bible? Get a translation that you can understand. Don't get some crazy translation, old English. That's like, I don't even, I've got to get a dictionary just to understand this. Get a translation that you can read and understand. I know a lot of people that get their, get uh, things all in a knot because it's like, well, what's what's the, the, the best thing? Well, if you're going to be that pedantic, learn Hebrew and Greek and read the traditional thing. But get a translation that you can understand. Say, God, speak to me today. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Just like Peter on the water. Jesus, where are you? I want to hear your voice. And so we got, even as a church, Pastor Rob will share it with us shortly in January. We've got a time of prayer, prayer and fasting coming up. Why don't you make that time the place where you decide that I'm going to commit to fasting in those days because I want to hear the voice that Jesus says to the sheep. I want to have that clarity in my life. Last one, four, clean. Babies spew, vomit and poo but can't clean up their mess. We need someone to clean up our mess. When we get born again, we trust Jesus to deal with our mess. Babies have diapers and we have pegs and we dispose of that thing. But we got to understand when we get born again, we, we come to a re- realization, I got a lot of mess. I got a, I, I, babies are good at producing mess. And when we get born again, we learn that we're good at producing mess. We, it causes discomfort, displeasure. No one wants it. We want to chuck that thing in the bin. But Jesus can help us with our mess. Jesus can help clean us of that filth, gross, disgusting stuff. John chapter 1, oh, so 1 John, I should say, chapter 1, 7 to 9 says, but, we are, but if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus. His Son cleanses us from all sin. But if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and are not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Fantastic. How, what a promise that is. That Jesus came, we, we talked about the communion, that Jesus came to earth as a baby, died as a man, as a perfect sacrifice to cleanse us of our mess, of our yuck, of our gross. And that's the one thing that we never can mature from. That's the one place that we want to say like a little baby, God, I am helpless. I can't clean this sin by myself. I can't deal with this mess by myself. I need you. I need you with your holy wipes to, to make my skin white as snow again. God, I really believe that God can do that. So over this place right now, why don't we just close our eyes and if this, you, you may be new to church, you may be in church for a long time, but you've never had a true born again experience. You've never had that spiritual awakening. I believe today could be that day where you go, you know what, I want to be born again. I want to I want to uh, take a new step in my journey with Jesus. I want to take a new step and know who He, Jesus is for real in my life. And so if that's you today, you go, you know what, Josh, I want to make that decision. I want to I want to be born again. I want to take my first steps in following Jesus. Why don't you just raise your hand and I'll see it and I'm gonna, we're going to pray with you. Anyone? I'll give you a moment. But you say, you know what, Josh, that's me. I want to, I want to know Jesus. I want to be born again. That's all right. But as a church, we're going to pray this anyway because this is what we're going to be a church. We believe that people are going to be getting born again on a constant basis. So there's a prayer that we pray as a church that this is our first steps in uh, having that spiritual awakening in our lives. Go, God, we want you. We need you in our lives. And so 
And if you open your eyes, we're going to see on the screen the last show, thanks. The last slide, thanks, show. It says, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future is in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When we pray that prayer, Jesus forgives us of our sins and wipes away our mess, wipes away our muck, and helps us live in purity and clarity. So for those watching online, if you prayed that prayer for the first time in a real way, why don't you email One Heart Church and we're going to connect with you and help you take the next steps. But why don't we just stand up across this building and we're going to pray in faith over our lives that we can hit 2022 with faith in Jesus' name. So God, right now, one of those three points may have touched us. If it's our talking by faith, it might be the walking by faith. It might be the the fork and learning how to feed ourselves. Holy Spirit, you can help us. You can guide us. God, if those of us in this building need to learn how to, or those online need to learn how to use a fork and feed themselves. God, I pray that you'd put people in their lives. You'd help them ask the right questions, that the Bible would come alive, that worship would be uh, would be sacred and holy, that fasting, there'd be clarity, that they would hear your voice, Jesus, just like the sheep know the shepherd's voice, that we would know your voice. God, I pray that people would, would get boldness and learn how to take steps of faith, that we wouldn't just go walking through life about convenience, what's easy, what, what's comfortable, but we'll go, God, we're going to be a Peter and have our wow moment. We're going to walk on water. We're going to see the miraculous. We're going to see the, the, the power of God at work in our lives because we're taking one step over the other. And God, we think that the Bible is going to come alive to people. But they're going to go, oh, this is a promise for me. This is a promise for this year. This is a promise for my, for my family and for my generation that we're going to see the greatest days of our lives take place. And God, we just pray for our voice. May we not be the generation that's muted like Zechariah, but may we have the power of life, the power of heaven and our tongue, that when we lay hands and pray, miracles happen. That when we that we would have a new boldness, a new confidence to see the kingdom of God expand in our generation, that we're going to believe that our family will be saved, that prodigals will return, that we're going to see the greatest days in this generation and in our church and in our families and our lives. And we just thank you, God, you're going to do a miracle and have a great impact. Amen.